This is Podcast 17, broadcasting from deep within Combine territory. It is every citizen's duty to resist the Combine and learn the truth. Hello and welcome to Podcast 17, your one-stop shop every week for Half-Life news, discussion, and interesting talks. Of course, this is William, Cubic Virtuoso, and with me today, as always, is Philip from Planet Philip, and our special guest this week, Ryan uh, Stenchy from ModDB. How's it going, guys? Hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Hopefully your Christmas was enjoyable. This is technically our um, New Year's episode, because New Year's is this or this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, and we won't be recording till next Sunday. So, Happy New Year's as well um, to all you who are listening. Oh, New Year's. Very busy time. Indeed. It would have been, it would have been nice if we'd have had a collection of uh, the best pieces of 2008, but unfortunately we've just been really, really busy, same as you guys, so we haven't had time to do that, but... That was a bit of quite fun. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Ryan and I were just talking before the show. Like, everything is being released this month. It's going to be a crazy month. So all you listeners out there, you better be prepared because you're going to have a ton of stuff just dumped on you to play. You better play it. All of it. No, there's a lot of good stuff released. And it's not it's not all just a bunch of, you know, little uh, little mods. A lot of quality releases this month. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be really, really, really busy. So, any Podcast 17 news, Philip, before we head into uh, into the news, or Planet Philip news? Uh, Podcast 17 news would be to thank the listeners for um, commenting, and thanks for the occasional uh, audio comments. Can't think of anything else. Uh, besides, a few listeners asked us for some extra forums on the Podcast 17 uh, forum, which we duly created, and they haven't been used. So... Those people who requested them, it is your responsibility now to start some of those threads. Uh, Planet Philip, um, I've added a new recommendation image, which is just called Wait For It. So when I release some of the betas and things, then people can have some Wait For It. But uh, not really. You caught me on the hop there. I wasn't thinking about mentioning anything of Planet Philip. So no, sorry. It's okay. Yeah, this week has been so busy for Christmas with me too. I mean, I we're going to be talking about a lot of mods this week and a lot of releases, and you're going to be hearing us say it's out, but we haven't tried it yet. So, uh, you know, do what you will, because we had no time to play any of these, really. So we might as well start off with the news, and, uh, of course, the big news for this week, and you can expect it from me, is Sven Co-op 4.0 was released. Finally! Finally Sven Co-op 4.0 was released. Um, Sven Viking made a giant news post proving that um, there was actually work being done over these past years, and he actually posted a screenshot of the SVN. And if you're not sure what an SVN is, it stands for Subversion. And uh, what it is is it's a system where you can upload files and it'll track history for an entire project so a lot of development groups use SVN if you're a development group and you don't know what SVN is I definitely suggest you check it out but Sven Viking posted the history of the SVN track is what they call it and uh, it shows all the improvements and all the adjustments over the past couple of years but Sven Co-op 4.0 is finally out and everybody's rejoicing and basking in its glory they released it as a Christmas present, as I predicted. Huzzah. 
But um, there are some issues with it. Ryan, have you played 4.0 yet? Uh, I, I've played an early build. I don't know if it was a final version, but um, yeah, I, I tried a few maps with uh, a couple of uh, the ModDB staff, and uh, th- there were some points that we got stuck. I don't know whether or not we just didn't have enough players, or um, or or what the deal was at it, or if they were just broken. But uh, yeah, we came across some roadblocks. Some of the maps were actually interesting. Uh, well, I know it wasn't the final build because some of the they hunger stuff they actually fixed after we uh, submitted a few bugs to them. But uh, all in all, it's just just more spend. What did you think? Yeah, see, I'm a spend co-op fan, true and true, and uh, it's it's kind of hard to say because you're so used to something. We were so used to three O for such a long time, and now they throw four O at us, and everything is different. And I mean everything, um, like even the little things from the way that you shoot AR from the mp5 or whatever um like you have to double click double right click to load and or you have to single right click to load and then single right click to shoot so it's like a double right click of effect it makes things rather confusing and now all the enemies um they've recoded a lot all the enemies now can run and shoot and attack which is weird for half-life um we've never experienced something like that usually in the original half-lifes and subsequent mods um the enemies would stay stationary and shoot at you, or they would do a melee attack, but pause and then move again. Um, it was kind of really unrealistic, but now all the enemies can outrun you and attack while running, so it's just like a slaughter fest. And uh, the AI is a lot better, and there's actually physics now. Um, the enemies can get blown back by a shotgun so shot. So wait a second, wait a second. Are you bad-mouthing in the game because the AI is better? I kind of like that challenge. I like the challenge too, but it's different. See, we're so I'm so used to something that uh, I'm so used to something that I got addicted to, but now I I just think I have to adapt. I love it. I love it to death. Don't get me wrong. I love Sun Co-op 4.0. You're afraid of change. I am afraid of change, and I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people who play mods are afraid of change. They get so used to and they get so locked into something. And finally, when it comes out, they, they get disappointed. It's like with AAA titles, too, when a sequel comes out. Uh, they say, oh, this isn't like the original, blah, 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 blah. I might have an advantage yeah. on you guys, because I haven't played the 3.0 or anything before it. And I played a little bit with William and a few other guys earlier this week. But we only played on the They Hunger maps, because the other maps didn't seem to work for me. So when I do get to play it, nothing's going to seem strange, or in fact, everything's going to seem strange. But I don't have anything to compare it to, and uh, it'll be quite interesting to hear the different sort of sides of the new players like me, who have never played anything before 4.0, and the old players like you, I mean that metaphorically as well, um, who who are used to it, you know, for all the previous versions. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem that I had too. I wasn't a big spend co-op player, so when I played the new version, I didn't know exactly like what maps were new, or I knew that the hunger content was new, but... I didn't know exactly if I was playing an old map or a newer map, but they had some cool like puzzle-based maps in there that I think were really cool uh, until we hit like a few of the roadblocks, whether like whether or not it was just bad map design or we didn't have enough players. We were only playing with three players, but uh, yeah, some of the puzzles were really cool, and I, I really like some of the levels and, and the themes that they had going on in there. The Swin Cold maps have always been good, but something that uh, that we found out uh, through playing with Philip is you actually have to have 3.0 installed, and then you install 4.0 over top of that. Because Philip was missing a lot of the maps we were having, 
and uh, a lot of even the people that I play with frequently um, were crashing and we had to do a fresh install we had to remove everything we had to remove our entire Sven Co-op folder um, then install 3.0 like vanilla then install 4.0 vanilla and it was like a whole hour event of just trying to get it set up. It's kind of weird how, how you get the installation process going. But if you're having any problems out there with 4.0, just uninstall everything. Back up all your cool stuff that you like if you have any custom content. Vanilla 3.0, vanilla 4.0, and you should be good to go. I need to make sure that I download um, a bunch of these maps. Because otherwise, you know, I, I probably have to do what you just recommended, William. Get rid of my 4.0, put 3.0 on, and put 4.0 back on. And then download some of those really cool map apps that you keep talking about. Because after what Ryan was saying, that, that actually interests me. I've always had the impression that a co-op was just a group of guys doing the same campaign that a person could do singularly, but due to the numbers would find it almost impossible. In fact, like that uh, Half-Life 2 deathmatch map, I can't remember what it was called, but we talked about last week. I always imagined that co-ops were like that. But if there's like a puzzle event that requires you know, more than one person to solve the puzzle... Uh, then that sounds interesting to me. You know, Sven Co-op is infamous, though, as well, for their fun maps. They call them just fun maps. And there's there's puzzle involved, but there's no campaign involved. And uh, Turricane is also famous for this in his secret cities. And what he would do for Sven Co-op is build maps and just hide secrets everywhere. And you had to do a sequence of puzzles and a sequence of, uh, like, just digging and exploring the map and backtracking, and there'd be you know, 12 people doing this all with you, and you'd share your experiences and help each other out, and you would uncover all the secrets in this map. And it was actually a really, really fun experience. To my knowledge, no other mod really does that. Yeah, and just, like, all the different types of themes that they have. Like, the map that I was playing that I really liked was kind of, like, this old, like, kind of gothic library, and there's, like, these hidden switches everywhere that you got to hit to progress. And at one point, there's, like, a jetpack that you can grab. But, uh... Yeah, just stuff like that. It's just so vastly different. I mean, the level before it was kind of like a, a desert town type map with, you know, some of the uh, opposing force models in there. And uh, you just had to work your way and, like, blow up a whole bunch of ammo dubs. And that was, like, vastly different from, from the Gothic library architecture. So I just I really like the variety in Sven Co-op. Yeah, the second map you're talking about is Sandstone. One thing that Sandstone, uh, yeah. I think would be kind of fun. Sorry. One thing I think would be fun would be to have uh, the trap in uh, Sven Co-op so you could get a couple of guys who haven't played the level and sort of figure it out together. That would be kind of cool. And there are tons of projects, though, too. Um, it's actually extremely simple. I've done it myself, too, to take single-player maps, um, throw it through um, an entity exporter, um, which means you just change the entities. You don't change the brushwork. You just change the entities and maps, so you don't need the original source. And, uh, you know, modify those entities a little bit and make it work for Sven Co-op. There's an individual named Ice Blue Deer who ported the entire Afraid of Monsters and Director's Cut, both Afraid of Monsters and the Director's Cut, to Sven Co-op without even having the source file, the source maps. So it is possible to port, like, any map over to Sven Co-op if you know the entity guides. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's 4.0. Um, it's out, and definitely pick it up. It's worth it. It is so worth it, and it is a must-have. If you haven't played Sven Co-op, you need to play Sven Co-op and play with a whole bunch of people. There, There's a plethora of servers out right now. It is intense how many servers there are. All right, next on our list is Resistance and Liberation. They actually just released a new build, Alpha 3. 
I haven't got a chance to play this, but Stenchy, you said you had some things to say about uh, Resistance Liberation. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't actually played it, but uh, Dave, a.k.a. Henley, over at ModDB, who I work with a lot, has played it and the latest release, and he says it's come a long ways since um, the initial alpha release, which was uh, in a lot of ways broken. But, uh, yeah, he said it's come a long ways, and uh interesting thing is that the entire HUD, there is no HUD, so uh, basically you, you don't have an ammo counter or, any, or anything like that. So it's very different in the way that they uh, tackle the FPS route. Um, but, you know, worth the download. To, I'm definitely going to give it a try uh, just because I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Day of Defeat. So uh, this mod seems like it's, it's like that but does a lot of things differently. It almost looks like Battlefield 2. I remember playing um, the insurgency a while back before when we started this podcast I think I think I picked it up but I didn't have much time with it and it is extremely tactical um, like Battlefield 2 was yeah that's true I, I guess you could liken it more to insurgency um, and and Battlefield 2 well or more or less I, I've never played Battlefield 2 but I played Project Reality and that's way I was just about to say that <laughs> yeah Project Reality I will always take the yeah the uh, timeout to pimp that mod because that mod is so awesome. But uh, Resistance and Liberation, um, yeah, it's interesting to, to see how they're going to tackle the whole HUDless thing and uh, what kinds of things. Like, Dave said a whole bunch of things to me. I can't remember any like a, lo- a lot of them now, but uh, definitely just pick it up and try it out yourself. You know, I have a quick side story with Project Reality. Um, I know, I know Philip, you don't like non-Half-Life side stories, but... Uh... Uh-oh, Philip's getting mad. <laughs> But Project Reality is probably one of the greatest BF2 mods out there. They just totally revamped the whole engine and uh, made it more realistic and squad-based. And I've, I worked at a gaming center here in Windsor, Ontario. And along with me, the lead beta tester for Project Reality also worked at this gaming, gaming center. And he had a gaming event, and he brought the entire crew of Project Reality down to Windsor. And I'm talking like even the guy from Scott, or from uh, from Florida who does all the audio work. It was just like a Project Reality party. It was so fun. Oh, that's nice. I had so much, I had so much fun playing with all those guys. That mod is so team based. Yeah, that is. It is. I mean, when you're in a team that actually works together and you know it's really communicating using their mics and uh, working together as a squad, and then you have them conversing with, the, you know, the commander and who's relaying commands to all the other squads. It just, ah, uh, it's, you know, it's the dream team play mod. It works It works better than Battlefield 2 in a lot of ways. Oh, it definitely does. I remember I was playing for, like, 24 hours this mod, and uh, one, of the, one of the people at the gaming center actually fell asleep while holding forward. I kid you not, it is on YouTube. We'll put, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Ethan. He fell asleep while holding forward, and he was in the squad, and we're like, Mike, 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 we're going this way, and he ran, like, all the way to the corner of the map, because the maps are huge. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that was so funny. Anyway, okay. Why is it, you guys, why Why do you think that so many people re- are really into these realism mods? Um, I mean, I'm not going to diss them, or I'm not going to say anything about them. I'm just curious, because of all the mods you see... Almost the hardest core of, of modders are these people who want to make everything as realistic as possible. Why do you think that is? It's a good there, question. There's a lot of people in Project, at least from Project Reality, um, and other more realistic mods who are actually in the armed forces. Um, 
and they want to kind of simulate that effect. And there's a lot of people who uh, who take the armed forces seriously. I know I'm kind of stretching here, but it's it's true. Um, especially with Day of Defeat, there's a lot of people who do uh, reenactments, um, and they take that sort of realism very, very personally. And uh, they like stri- striving for to get themselves in the environment as much as they possibly can. Yeah, I think I think for most people is kind of just <clears throat> whether or not they've ha- they have the experience of being in armed forces or not. It's just kind of chasing after that feeling of what would it feel like to really experience this, to really be in that, and and it's just people chasing after the, that that level of immersion. I think that's why there is so many realistic uh, mods and there's that emphasis around realism they they interest me on a conceptual level rather than a, an actual playing level because that's just ha- doesn't happen to be my style of playing but i mean i feel that there's so much potential for education here for the for the younger people about the wars that they're talking about and and life that they will never experience i mean i have a huge amount of respect for the people who spend so much time and i'm curious to see where it will develop because no matter how how far the graphics go or how 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 good the physics we need to take some kind of jump with the way we interact with the game itself i don't know whether that's goggles or star trek's holodeck or something but but it's through these types of mods that we perhaps will make the next step with interaction because they're the only ones that are really trying to do something uh, as, as realistic as possible if that makes sense no that yeah. does make sense but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's commercial games will always kind of develop towards the lo- lowest common denominator. They'll 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 make everything for the masses, and it, it really is up to the mod teams to kind of take the hardcore niche and just kind of develop it to the max and and uh, take the game to new levels that you know it maybe was never meant to achieve. But uh, and and that's where things like Project Reality come in, because Project Reality is is really very core. Um, it, it requires a bit of, you know, a bit more time investment than than uh, than anything else for Battlefield 2. And I think if you were just to jump into vanilla Battlefield 2, it's it's something that is almost like an arcade experience that you can just jump in and, and kill stuff. Whereas uh, whereas for Project Reality, I mean, you'd have servers that are are very structured and, and clans and uh, you know they organize skirmishes and stuff like that. And uh, it gets very involving once you get kind of get sucked into it. A very nice community, though. I mean, you'll join a server, and these pe- the people in the- these servers do not change servers. That's another thing with Project Reality. They will not switch. Yeah, exactly. they'll, they'll, stick, they'll stick with their server. So when you join a server and, and these people don't know who you are, they'll be like, Oh, welcome to the server. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? And I'm like, Introduce myself? I just got here. <laughs> Yeah, I have my one or two servers that I... I haven't played Project Reality in a while, actually. But uh, I had my one or two servers that I would frequently uh, play on. Favorite was uh, Tactical Gamer. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So are all of the servers, they run maps, and are these maps uh, historically and geographically authentic? I'm not sure how geographically authentic. Like, it's a modern-day mod, right? Um, We're not talking, like, World War II here. We're talking... BF2 modern day combat. Um, I don't know how geographically accurate it is, but it's it's realistic. Put it that way, like it's plausible. Yeah, I mean, they're themed after you know the different forces. Uh, you know, you have the um, Chinese, British, American, and uh, Iraqi forces and stuff like that. So you have themes. You have maps that are uh, 
you know, from all over the world in those geographic locations. And it's all, you know, modeled realistically. So you have, like, everything from dense jungle to wide-open deserts with, like, uh, armed bases in the middle of a desert and stuff like that. They get so deep into it. I remember my friend Tom, and they released a new weapon um, in one of their builds. And my friend Tom was playtesting this weapon, and all he was doing is shooting at walls. And I'm like, what are you getting from this? And he's like, well, I researched into this weapon, and burst fire shoots, like, 2.2 shots per second. So I'm timing to find out if it actually shoots 2.2 shots per second. Otherwise, I'm going to fail the build and have them fix it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) But maybe you should move on. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Philip. I am so sorry for moving this discussion into Project Reality and BF2 modding realms. No problem. I mean, just because I don't play it, that doesn't mean I can't I can't appreciate it. I mean, we need that kind of dedication in some of the the Half Life mods. If there were more dedication like that, we'd have some really cool mods. And it's a shame there's not that kind of dedication in the single player community as there is in the multiplayer as well. But maybe I'm wrong. It's it's all up to that that feeling that players and developers try, are trying to chase, just like total immersion. I mean, you get that with Insurgency, and like their whole team is kind of uh, had armed forces experience, I believe. I know the 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 main guys do. I think it's Canadian. Uh, the main guys are are in the Canadian army or were in the Canadian army, something like that. Yeah, like I said, I really do think a lot of realism mods stem from people who have armed forces experience. They don't want to create something um, that is just silly or like like our next topic here, creeps climbing. Um, they want to create something with a message, almost, you know. But anyway, that is our next topic. Uh, we've talked about this before. The Creed's Beta 4 um, release is out. We talked about the trailer, and this looks pretty good. Uh, I didn't get to play this this week, and I am kind of a Creed's fan. Excuse me, but uh, it looks fun. Check it out if you're if you're a jumping fan. If you're a Creed's fan, go ahead and download it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too much of a Creed's fan, but I did play one of the earlier releases, and uh, it's it's one of those mods where I don't know, like. I, I've never been really like really um really able in kind of like the jumping category or platforming in in Half-Life, you know, with all the crouch jumping and stuff like that. I haven't been uh like I can do it, but it takes me a lot of tries to do it. And so Creed's 4 was uh not not Creed's Beta 4, but one of the earlier releases of Creed's. Um it, it's just one of those mods that where you kind of have to like bang your head against the wall until you kind of get it, and then when you do get it, it's just like oh, it feels so good. So it's kind of like one of those achievement type mods where you just kind of bang your head against the wall until you finally get it. And uh, and yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure this would be more of the same thing. But uh, the environments and the puzzles that they have are are very interesting. Yeah, beautiful maps, eh? Um, I was talking about FPS Banana again before the show. And there are some people who can create amazing maps for like Counter Strike and Counter Strike Source, but they don't they don't take that those skills and apply it to other mods, which is kind of a shame because there are some really really nice things out there. Yeah. Um, but I think Creed's um, is there are some really awesome maps. Like some of the best maps I've ever seen um, have been created into Creed's maps, and it's it's so beautiful. Like even if you're not good at the even if you're not good at the game, or you don't like jumping, but if you're a map connoisseur, almost, almost like fine wine, um, get this mod and just no clip through the maps and take a look at the architecture and the geometry. It's so beautiful. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the screenshots I was seeing, they had like this one that was kind of a, a moment frozen in time of like a plane crash, a bank robbery, and a couple other things all frozen in time. And you kind of have to like, there's like chunks of earth in like midair that you have to like jump to and stuff. It, it looks pretty cool. Awesome. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, but as Ryan was saying, once you get the hang of the jumping, the Creed's almost feels like a leisure activity, um, something that you do to kill time and relax. I found that after I got past the frustration of it all, I just would play Creed's maps just to jump and to just to do something so monotone and chat with friends. Like, I would do it and chat with friends or uh, just hang out in a server with people. It's a very social yeah, activity. True. That's true. I mean, Creed's did, like, I, I played a very early build of Creed's, and it kind of taught me, in a way, like, all the way different ways I could jump. Like, I, I didn't know until I played a very early version of Creed's that you could do, like, right-angled jumps, basically. I'm like, well, oh, I never knew you could do that. But uh, Creed's is kind of, like, what taught me the flexibility and all the different types of jumps you could do in, in the Source Engine and stuff like that. Yeah, and Creed's is almost like a, a perfect example of a movement um, in in gaming, because there was a guy named Creed's, and he made a map, and he called it Creed's, and then people took that map, and they were like, let's do some really cool stuff with this, and let's make some mods, and let's do some surf maps, and he really started movement in the industry, because now you have Creed's maps in other games, it's, it's quite quite amazing. So is Creed's the guy still behind it, or? Oh, I don't know if he's still behind. I mean, there's so many mods, Creed's mods out there now. I think he's behind. I'm pretty sure he's from France. Um, there used to be Creed's.fr or something like that, like a Creed's French website, and he would moderate that. I don't think he makes much maps anymore. I, I'm pretty sure he's retired, so to speak. But there are people living on his legacy. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like kind of like uh parkour within the source engine yeah of course and there are different uh geographic communities like i said there's a france there's a north american um there's a uh, uk and they would all compete making maps do they, so do they come together and have like jump offs and stuff <laughs> like, Yo, no, but they I almost... can jump better than you <laughs> no but they almost compete in their mapping skills it's almost like a competition uh, with within the developers of the maps. It's kind of crazy how it all works. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they have little mapping jams. I guess that's cool. Like, it works out, you know, win-win situation. Community wins. They win. Yeah, of course. So Creed's is fun. Pick up Creed's Beta 4 if you're a jumper or if you like social experiences. That's the best I can put it. I haven't played it yet, though, so I don't know. I, it could not even work. I have no idea. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I never thought about it in that way until you brought up, like, just chatting while you're playing. Because every other time, I've just kind of, like, just done the math myself, and I tackled it like a puzzle that I just sit down and do. I never thought about it, just kind of laying back and, and chatting. Anyway, our next point of topic is Stay Alive. 1.0 was released. Um, I got a chance to play this, and I know Philip got a chance to play this. Philip, why don't you tell us what this mod is? Okay, it's very simple. It's uh, 200 kilometers of corridor with 200,000 zombies between you and the end of the corridor, and your job is to get through the corridors uh, in any way that you want to. There's enough barrels around for you to just use the gravity gun to f um, throw your way through, which is what William did. There's plenty of ammo. There's the uh, pistol, the shotgun, the magnum. 
the machine gun, the crowbar. So if you like zombies and you just want a very simple uh, geometry, architecture, this is all it is. And as the name suggests, it's about staying alive. I was tempted to give, you know, my report of boring, but it's not. It's not boring. It's just very, very specialised. And perhaps that's the definition of boring. I played for maybe 20 minutes and then I switched to God <laughs> mode. And that was, just, and that was it. Very specialised. And oh, and the scary thing I don't know. is, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The scary thing is, at the end, when you get to the last door, it says to be continued. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Philip. It sounds like a lot that you're kind of waffling on the on the border of like boredom and worth a download. Is it worth the download, or is it kind of nah, skip? It's a think. It's a think twice. It's you really. If you really like these types of mod with hundreds of zombies, then then yes. But you're not going to be looking around the level design and saying, "Wow, that's look at the way they've done that." Or oh, the lighting there is fantastic. It's just zombies, really. That's it. And maybe all you sado left for dead lovers out there is going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many mods out there, but like out of like all the zombie mods um, out there. Do you think this is kind of like in the lower third, the middle third, the top third? Lower. This is in the lower headcrab third. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, th this is a perfect example of a linear horde map. They just throw tons and tons of stuff at you. I didn't even finish this. And I thought I had stamina. I liked it, but I was just like, what's the point? I don't have time to continuously go through the same corridor over and over again. Like... I, I literally said to myself, I know there will be nothing different in this mod. For some reason, I just know. They're not going to throw me in some weird room. It's going to be corridors till the end. So I was like, I'm just going to quit it now and pretend like I played through it. Because I essentially, I did. You know, it was, it was okay. But, um, like, it was boring. <laughs> there shouldn't be any shame in saying it. If it's boring, it's boring. We get a lot of flack for that on the podcast. I get hate emails yeah, that's my, true. when I say stuff like boring. I get hate emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if it's if it's nothing more than what you guys are saying, a corridor with zombies in it, I mean, <laughs> I, it just doesn't make sense. Why would anyone want to play that? Like, I mean, the way you guys are describing it to me doesn't very sound very appealing. There's a, there's dozens of zombie mods out there that I'd rather play than than just corridor with zombies. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. So if you're looking for a zombie mod, don't play this. There, that's my that's my verdict. I said it. He said it. He said it. Good man. All right. <laughs> Send all the hate mail, hate email to William this week. <laughs> all right. Next on our list is Hammy Bob mod, a Christmas nightmare, and I feel so bad because last week we said this is going to be the mod of the week, but I don't even have this installed yet. I've been so busy. It's been so hard to get to things. But uh, Hammy Bob mod is just your simple classic deathmatch, um, kind of silly shooter, and they released their Christmas mod version. Um, it looks fun if you're if you're into that sort of stuff. Ryan, did you get a chance to play this at all? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, it's been so busy here. We've been working on like prepping for mod of the year and then Christmas on top of that. But Hammy Bob has seemed to be like a, a mod DB tradition, kind of before I was around mod DB. And, I mean, because he's released one, like, every year um, for, for some time now, for, like, four or five years. But uh, this one, I think some people were disappointed because there wasn't any servers released for it. So people couldn't play, really. Just kind of get bots going, and that's about it. 
uh, I feel kind of bad. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want this tradition to die. So, I don't know. I, I think we should, like, I want to try and set up, like, a time where everybody can jump on it and just play Hammy Bob for a couple hours. Just because I think it deserves it. You know, you, you made a really good point just now, and we can stem from that. Um, and that's releasing mods but not having servers up. I think it's the developer's duties, if you're releasing a, uh, a multiplayer mod, to have servers up, or else your mod will die. And a perfect example of this is uh, Suicide Survival, and we've had Tobias on the show, and he had official servers hosted. So there's always a place for people to pl play. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think Hammy Bob, he just kind of does it as a kind of like a little two-week stint that where he creates this mod and, and, and then just releases it every Christmas. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he puts too much thought into kind of the development of it. It's just something that he just creates for, for the community to, to have fun with and just let it go from there. So, um, so yeah, I don't think he was too concerned with setting up servers ahead of time or anything like that since it is just like a, a, one of the smaller mods. But uh, it would be nice for just like, you know, for people to, to get in and play it because a lot of people were disappointed that they couldn't get in and uh, find a server to play on. Didn't he also release uh, a Halloween version, too? He he released a Halloween Hammy Bob, I think. I can't remember. I can look right now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of something else. But what I wanted to ask you is, there's apparently another Christmas mod floating around um, ModDB, and I thought they would be released by now. Maybe you can confirm or deny this or whatever. Or bash oh, there's this. a couple um, Christmas themed one. I mean, there's a uh, World of Padman that's Christmas themed, and and then there's a Doom Three X Mass uh, that's Christmas themed. Are no, you that's about not what Half Life. I'm yeah, I'm talking about a Half Life mod, and what they did is they released a couple sounds, uh, a few pieces of music, and it looked like they were preparing for a Christmas release, but I never saw anything that came from it. Anyway, so like I was saying, I think Hammy Bob mod is really the only Christmas mod um, this year can't find any others which is kind of a shame i remember previous years there being a lot more christmas hoopla but this year didn't feel like christmas to me i don't know if anybody else feels that way maybe it's just in my area because there's been a lot of layoffs and the recession isn't helping any and just didn't feel like christmas Meh. it's it's christmas is for the kids that's true too <laughs> and the more i think the, the more you get older the less it feels like christmas <laughs> it becomes more of a hassle it was is what it becomes well, this Christmas was pretty bad for me because we got dumped on with snow, so it was just a hassle to get anywhere. Yeah, same here. Anyway, okay, moving on. Enough, uh. enough complaining. <laughs> bah, humbug Christmas. <laughs> Play Happy Bob, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, an awesome release. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was released uh, released this week. Um, Pyramid for Half-Life 2 Episode 2, and this I, I found this on Planet Philip. Philip, tell us about this. This is an interesting one, and it's caused quite a lot of controversy on the site already. Basically, this is somebody's first release, and it's a going great gamer who has spent the last year learning how to use Hammer and learn, learning everything from scratch. And he sent this to me as a beta a while ago, and it really needed to work, so I sent it to my beta testers. And then he contacted me about it a week ago and said, this is the latest version, please release this on Planet Philips. So I played through it. And unfortunately, there were hundreds and hundreds of little errors. But the basic mod itself was really, really good fun to play. So I said to him, look, you're going to spend probably the same amount of time that you spent building this 
fixing the errors that you've got and if you release this as a beta you're going to be committed to doing that so I have to admit that I convinced him to release it as a final and then if he wanted to he could update it and uh, I gave it a play it now because I had no crashes I didn't need to use any console commands it's not perfect there's some strange architecture the safe points are in strange places as well but I had a really good time playing it it was really good fun and then some of the people on the on planet Philip really not ripped it but they said that this shouldn't have been released uh it was buggy and i couldn't find the hev sue and you know we've really polarized the opinions but for me for somebody who's going grays and I, what i mean by that is probably has little experience with computers before that i mean he's not like 18 and has like a bunch of friends who can teach him he spent a year doing this it's his first release i think it's really really good um but it's not to everybody's tastes uh, and if it crashes, then that's a bad news. But did it crash for you, William? No, not at all. And I actually very, very much enjoyed this. I know what they mean about finding the HEV suit early on. Um, yes, it was kind of hard to find. It was a little bit odd where it was. But I found it. And after I found it, I continued to play the mod. And it was fun. Um, the first little bit was a little bit hard because um, you have a pyramid in the background and there's all these enemies stationed on this pyramid and they're just shooting you from so far away that was kind of annoying but once you get inside and once you start making your way to the top of the pyramid and everything i had an extremely good time um yes this isn't nothing there's nothing visually here that's going to win any awards or anything but uh as terms as uh, in terms of playability and gameplay this is this was a very very fun single player mod and when I mean very fun, I would give it a 5 out of 5. Um, it's, even after hearing now that it was a first map, and it sounds like he's the, the developer is doing all the right things. You know, he's contacting all the right people. I'm not saying you, Philip, are, is the right person to contact. But, uh, you know, getting getting information outside of your own self, you know, and, and releasing it to other people and and asking for opinions and everything. It seems like he's go he's really on the right track here. And, uh, yes, like I said, there's nothing visual here, but uh, he obviously has some really creative gameplay um, elements in his mind going on. Well, I mean, I haven't played the, the mod, but, uh, I mean, if it is his first release and uh, people are kind of, there is a discussion around it, um, that goes more than uh, you know, goes beyond like the bugginess of it. Then I think he 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 has had some form of success, and uh, all he can do is just kind of look at the comments and take away from that and and see what he can do to like improve his next map. And that's that's really what it comes down to is just a learning process. Yeah, absolutely. And he's very receptive. I talk to him quite a lot on Steam, and you know he's interested in all the feedback that he gets. My problem with the, the mod, and I've said this to him, is that what he's tried to do is he's tried to release a thousand-page novel before he's written any short stories. And each of the levels could be so improved, but it's just too big to work on. And that's why I recommended that he release it, because any time he spends improving this is kind of wasted. He's better off starting again with a new, smaller idea and then releasing that. And, and I've got a little bit of flack for that, but I stand by that decision. And uh, I think his next map, or his next mini-mod, is going to be really, really good. Yeah, and the beauty about this is it's, it's, only, it's only clocking in at about 50 mags. And it's an entire mod for Episode 2, and it's fairly long. It took me a while to beat this mod, and, like, hours for 50 mags. It's, it's a good deal for the, uh, 
the physical size of the mod. Yeah, he doesn't use any custom content because he hasn't got that far. He would, he, with all due respect to Ross, he probably wouldn't even know where to start. N neither would I. But you know, he's stuck to the uh, to the original content. And you're right, for 50 megs, you get about five hours worth of gameplay. Cool. So uh, more bang for your bandwidth. Exactly. I'm pretty sure there's still people out there who are on, uh, you know, dial-up and want to conserve their bandwidth. I don't know why they're listening to a streaming podcast no. over the net, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But no, there are the you know the uh, esoteric European users and and uh, people in in the Asia territories that have bandwidth caps. Australians, I know Australians have bandwidth caps. So there you go. <laughs> All right, next on our list is Calamity Fuse Beta Two. I talked about Calamity Fuse Beta One last week, and I kind of bashed it. I didn't like it. Um, I don't think it was beta material, alpha material definitely. They should have some playtesters playing this. Um, but I haven't played beta 2, so I don't know how much different it is. But if it's anything like... I got a, I got a question about Calamity Fuse. It's kind of like very ambiguous the way they've worded it. But is this supposed to be a commercial game that's in open beta? Or like, have they licensed the Source Engine technology? Or Well, it's for Source. Um, but I don't know. We see so many mods that uh, use Source as kind of a uh, a stepping stone for uh, for you know like a proof of concept before they go into a retail game, but I'm pretty sure it's just source. I mean the ba the betas so, are for so source. So yeah, but is, is it just a mod or is this just uh, is this like in preparation for a commercial game? Yeah, I have no idea to be honest. Oh, weird. Because I know there is some some kind of like whisperings. Is like, is this gonna be sold on later on? Because it looks like they still have uh, a lot of like Half Life Two or you know source content in there. Yeah, they do. Um, a lot of it is custom, though. Uh, the the majority of it is custom, from from what I can tell. But I'm just reading the description right now, and they they make no no mention of porting it over like as a AAA title or a retail title. So I don't know. I I, I really don't think so, to be honest. I think they're just going to stick with Source. They say here, Calamity Fuse is an online multiplayer fantasy game being developed by blah 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 using the Source engine. So maybe the word game is just a mistake instead of using a mod, and that's the cause of the confusion. Could be, could be. But Philip mentioned this mod last week and how it seems to be all over the place, and then I related it to a hot dog cake or something. A what? A hot dog cake? <laughs> Please, please clarify that for for people who don't know what a hot dog cake is. <laughs> well, the mod seems to be extremely all over the place. It tries to be too many things at once, as I think Philip put it last week. And then I said, it's almost like they're trying to make a cake. And instead of using icing and batter, or cake mix, or icing and cake mix, they used hot dogs and, I can't remember the other thing I said, but like, hot dogs and fried chicken. Interesting. Yeah, I think <laughs> that wouldn't think be a very week, tasty cake. We kind of talked about it. It was a first-person, third-person multiplayer role-playing first-person shooter game with elements of this and elements of that. And I was like, "Geez, what is it? I, I don't. Know. Is it everything?" <laughs> uh, I see. So, so like with all this stuff in there, do you find that this mod game, whatever, does it have its own identity? Like, is there kind of something that it does well that it really focuses on? No. 
No, that's the thing. That's the problem. It doesn't focus on one thing. So they don't have that concentration on that one thing. Like, sword fighting looks like it could be really cool. Granted, I didn't play with a friend because there's nobody playing this mod, and there's no servers up right now either, which is what we just talked about. Um, but they concentrate on so many different things, like climbing walls, um, the acrobatics of it, the sword fighting, the magic, the player classes, the RPG elements, and they're not... They're not focusing on just one thing, so everything just kind of it seems unfinished. I mean, yeah, it's a beta, but everything fe feels like it's a little bit less than what it really could be. Yeah, apparently there was a some online bug which they've fixed with beta 2, so maybe that'll alleviate some of the problems. But it sounds like the mod doesn't really have an identity of its own or something that you can attach to it. It's just a whole jumble of everything. Everything but the <laughs> kitchen sink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's about as much as we can say about that. It's out. We didn't get to play it yet, so it could be awesome. I have no idea. Um, our next bit of news is Cry of Fear released a beautiful trailer and some teasers, uh, Christmas bonuses for this week. Um, the trailer looks awesome. It's kind of creepy. Um, I, I watched it in the dark because they told me to, and I'm, I just kind of listened to people. <laughs> you actually took the time to get up and... Turn off the lights. I like immersing myself. I have... You, I have you know, that's why you like the them. realism mods. That's why you like Project Reality. <laughs> no, I didn't lock Project all the doors. Project Reality says, You've just been shot. Stab yourself with a fork. Would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I guess not. Uh. <laughs> Wimp. But yeah, Cry of Fear. Uh, I'm really excited for this mod. We actually had these guys on for an interview... Um, for Afraid of Monsters and Cry of Fear uh, for an earlier episode of the Modcast in its its old format. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these guys look, that, look like they're doing wonders with the Half-Life uh, Gold Source engine. And, like, everything that they've got in there looks, I mean, leaps and bounds better than what they did with uh, Afraid of Monsters. I was talking to Rompel the other day in uh, Ragnarok Arena, server along with minuet I, i'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it and uh you know a card was in there we talked about this earlier and we're trying to get him on the show and i asked him how far along cry of fear was just out of curiosity and he said it's nowhere close of being done when it really looks like it it's almost ready to ship out yeah it looks like they've kind of got like the initial missions done maybe but uh I mean, it's still coming along a long ways. Like you can see the progress being made um, with every update that they release, and they've already kind of gone past the point where they've rec they've recruited all the voice actors for the lines and stuff like that. So it it's one of the mods to you know that I'm anticipating. It's on my um, like I don't follow too many mods, but it's it's definitely on my mod watch list. And it's kind of funny that I'm following something on Half Life after like so many years. Yeah, I, I always come back to uh, Afraid of Monsters and AOMDC. Those are two amazing mods. And Cry of Fears is going to be... I think it's going to exceed those two. I think this is going to be their best creation yet. Oh, definitely, yet. definitely. I think it's going to be, you know, kind of like an order of magnitude, kind of like what Paranoia was um, and what that did for Half-Life. Do you think that Half-Life mods are taking a, a, having a resurgence and not just making the mods for them, but really extending the engine? I mean, of course, you mentioned Paranoia. We've got Cry of Fear. There's also the arrangement mode. I mean, that, that looks incredible, what he's done with the Gold Source engine. Do you think that we're getting a resurgence in Half-Life mods? 
Um, I, I think it's like everything else. I mean, Half-Life did benefit from a really large community, and so there's still a lot of people that maybe don't have up-to-spec rigs uh, that still like playing around with Half-Life and still like tinkering around. But, I mean, it, it's the same case with, with every other game. I mean, you still have people making homeworld mods, uh, kind of retooling uh, the Freelancer engine, the Free Space engine, now that that's open source and kind of making improvements there. It's just that Half-Life is so kind of in the spotlight just because it's a popular IP. It's something that's had a huge, massive community around it. So that you're going to have these projects that are going to pop up every once in a while that are you know completely retooling um, the, the Gold Source engine or, or just making tons of enhancements to it. You have a lot of people, though, at the same time. A lot of developers, like we had the guy from Forgotten on here, and uh, a lot of people share his same sentiments where they just don't want to evolve. They want to stick with what they know. And when the Half-Life engine came out, there really wasn't nothing else to mod for. So you had a lot of people learning, um, you know, how to mod for Gold Source. And, you know, that knowledge doesn't go anywhere. It sticks with people. And they don't have the time or the effort nowadays to learn something new or keep up with all of the different mod technologies that are coming out. So they just stick with Gold Source. And they, they create what they like through that. I mean, which if you're approaching it as a hobby, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, of course. And so, it helps, I guess, that a, a lot of people own Half-Life 1 as well, so... Yeah, and it's cheap, and it's lightweight. That's another thing. Like, you don't have to worry about shaders, and you don't have to worry about whether or not this will run on such and such as computer. Yeah, it's like, do you have Pixel Shader 2? <laughs> so, there is a little bit... It's a little bit less stressful, I think, at the same time. But anyway... Um, check out the Cry Fear trailer. It is definitely worth a watch. I suggest watching it with the lights out. <laughs> Next. And stabbing a fork into your arm. <laughs> oh no, that's Project Reality. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Next on our list is the uh, the whole Half-Life Create Map a Puzzle Competition. And uh, the whole Half-Life recently had a competition. Their 26th competition, actually where they asked people to just create a puzzle. And we've already talked about one of these maps, and it was Lost Canyon, but there are a whole bunch of maps listed here that are uh, pretty good and worth mentioning uh, that you should check out. We'll post the link, obviously, and you can download the uh, the number one, number two, number three map. Uh, the map we talked about with Lost Canyon, as I said, it came in third place. Um, if you recall, that's the one with the crazy amount of HDR and uh, kind of the indoor pyramid. But uh, there are some other really, really, really nice maps here. So take a look. It's kind of nostalgic almost. And we have another bit of news here. City 17 Episode 1. Um, I've been looking at this recently, and Philip put this on the agenda. Philip, why don't you tell us why you put this on the agenda? Well, I was lucky enough to play uh, a preview of some of the first few levels, and I can honestly say it's one of the best mods I've ever played. I mean, the attention to detail and the gameplay, the balance, the architecture was fantastic and they're not only building a mod but they're trying to extend the source engine as well and each time that they do an update they've uh, done some more work and this particular time they've done some work with the shadows to make it realistic and whilst I'm not a really big graphical fan it's nice to see that they're taking their time and they're doing things detailed in fact I think that all of the guys working on the mods or most of them are professional developers who work on other other um, games and for other companies so they know what they're doing and it's definitely going to be a fantastic mod when it's released and I have no idea when that is but I hope it's soon because I'm definitely looking forward to this one 
Yeah, I always liked their little tech releases. You know, they they have a lot of comparison shots on their mod DB profile, and showing like this is what shadows look like in Half Life or Half Life Two. This is what shadows look like in our mod, and this is why we're better than them. <laughs> and they 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 really do prove themselves. It really does look awesome. So check out the media for uh, for that, and uh, you know, keep your eye out on this mod because it's gonna be one of the good ones. Next on our list is. Uh, a map called Underground that was released on the whole Half-Life. And I played this too. It's it's really, really basic. Basically what, what it is is you get dropped in a hole and you have to go through all these underground tunnels. Um, they don't really look like tunnels because they're just blocky. But uh, you have to fight through zombies and you have to fight in the dark in most cases. It's pretty simplistic, pretty basic, and... Uh, and there's not much to it. It's it's under the unfinished category of the whole Half-Life, but it doesn't. It feels unfinished, but uh, but it it also feels like a completed map too. Feels like a first map, but it it's fairly fun to play. So if you're into playing everything, and if you just want to run through an episode two map, I always like episode two maps. Um, then go ahead and play Underground. And I haven't had a chance. Haven't had a chance to play this yet, but uh, one discussion we've been starting on Planet Philip is should people release their first maps? And, of course, that's not something we can talk about necessarily today. But, I mean, you've played it, William. Did you have fun? I had a certain degree amount of fun, but I don't think, I don't think a lot of people will have fun playing this now to answer, the, answer your question. Okay, thanks. And our next map that was released is uh, Assassinate Kleiner. Now, this is an interesting map, not our map pack not because it's good i wouldn't call it necessarily a good map um clearly another first map and another kind of let's see what i can do with the source engine but uh when you when you download this map pack you get four versions of the map you get a day version a night version um like a snow version and then a christmas version it's kind of interesting because you can replay the map uh, all in all these different types of settings, and each time you play it, there's different things like different props cluttered around the map. Uh, you know, for the Christmas one, it, there's like a little journal, and it says, "Today is Christmas. I can't wait to get my presents." Like just little, little, little things like this that made me replay the map. I played all four versions, even though the map wasn't that great. It was extremely short, but uh, it's just fun. It was really fun, in my opinion. I can't believe you played all four. I. <laughs> it looks like it got a beating on FPS Manhattan, though. It only got one point. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did get a beating, for sure. So you must have had some stamina just to go through that four times. Well, like I said, it wasn't very long. It only took me about 15 minutes to go through it four times. Yeah, it's very short. I mean, I played the first one, and then I no-clipped through the, the others just to see what the difference were, and I noticed the little prop differences and things, but it wasn't f enough fun playing the first time to, to warrant playing the rest of them, and I'm surprised you actually played through all of them. What really angered me, though, was uh, the very beginning when you have to, like, move the boxes around to get to the... Uh to the HEV suit, and at, you're in a dark room, you can't see anything, and uh, you have to move the boxes around, and you don't have a flashlight, so <laughs> it's kind of a pain. Yeah, I didn't think it was particularly good, and I, and I, I didn't really like shooting Kleiner at the end either. Yeah, he just kind of stood there helplessly. It would have been different if he pulled out like a pistol and started shooting me back. Yeah, or started throwing hot dog cakes at you, then you'd have a reason for killing him. <laughs> These cakes taste horrible. 
we got to contact Valve and say for Portal 2, it's got to be the hot dog cake is a lie. <laughs> All right, our next bit of news is uh, The Curse. One of my most... Actually, no, it is my most anticipated mod for Half-Life Source. I'm going to put this above Black Mesa Source. Only because I've already played Half-Life 1, and I don't think there's going to be anything new except for visuals for me. But The Curse is my most anticipated mod um, coming up. And they released a new trailer, they released new pictures, and, uh, you know, talking about their website, and talking about all the cool things they're doing. This mod is is amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's... it is amazing, and and it's really interesting. Like this, kind of goes back to the realism that we were talking about in mods before, and how that kind of is like developers chasing after that feeling of what it would feel like to really be in a in a military conflict and stuff like that. Well, well, this is interesting for a whole another aspect, but it it's it relates to that feeling that you get. Like, I mean, you watch the trailer, and it totally like the developer is totally kind of uh, conveying that feeling of dread, you know, when the, the, the sky totally turns dark and you're in, like, nightmare mode and just that, that worm demon pops up. It's it's just all... It, it all feels like it's so well executed that that you're going to get what the developer wants you to feel when you play that mod. And that's what really gets me excited about it, is just all of this stuff is really well implemented and it looks totally different, has a unique look to it. Yeah, there is a lot of emotion, and there's a lot of atmospheric emotion, even in the trailers and the screenshots that you see. And there's an extreme attention to detail that these guys are doing. Like, they're making movie posters, they're concentrating a lot on their website, and it seems like they're still getting a lot done. They're not forgetting the important things, but they're concentrating on the little things as well. And it's nice to see. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they're taking their time with it, and I'm I'm pretty sure they won't release it until they have something that's... You know, that's um, up to the standards that, that they've held themselves to. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point about the PR. They're, they've kind of uh, been pacing themselves, but at the same time, you know, not forgetting about development on the mod. You, you find a lot of mods that are either one way or the other um, that just kind of hunker down and go dark and, and do development, which I, I think is, is kind of like the best way for mods that, that really don't uh, know how to handle the PR side of things. Um or you have other mods that are all about PR and no development. They're just you know constantly putting out videos. Oh look, hey, I just made this model today, and and uh, here's another weekly update full of nothing really interesting. <laughs> I won't mention any mods that do that, but I think we're, we both <laughs> I mean, have an idea. That, there, there are some mods that pull off the weekly updates with some interesting content, um, but there's a lot of mods out there that just focus too much on PR and nothing else, and it ends up be becoming like the whole team just working for that next PR release, you know, and really sidetracks people. Yeah, the curse is doing some really interesting things. Like you said, there's some things that I've never seen done in a Half-Life mod or a Half-Life 2 mod, even with the technology. Like you said, something as simple as the whole sky changing and the clouds coming over and turning into nightmare mode, like that oh, uh, persistent, that persistent atmosphere change. And, uh, like, even the worm monster, the monster made up of worms on the ground, and then it just kind of forms itself right in front of you. Like, things like that. Like, you wonder, you wonder yeah. how they're even doing It's intense. So this mod is going to be cool. I don't even like Egyptian-themed things. Like, I'm not an Egyptian fan. But this mod has got me going. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Egyptian fan, but this this looks a fantastic mod, and it's so nice to see them start with a new IP that isn't just about you know weapons and isn't just about shoulders, shoulder pads, zombies. Yeah, I mean, it's different, and we gotta respect that. And they're doing a fantastic job, so it's going to be nice to uh, to actually get this on our PCs and play it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of gameplay they incorporate because we already know there's going to be like you know the puzzle aspect. Uh, that they've shown in videos so far, but it'll be interesting to see what like the combat will be. I mean, they've shown some some mace swinging, so we know there's going to be some melee combat in there. But uh, definitely, I, it's 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 on my watch list as well. You know, Philip, you mentioned we mentioned last week about portals and uh, combining those puzzle aspects with fighting, and I think Curse is doing exactly that. Really, they're gonna they're gonna have portals in there. Well, not necessarily portals, but there are uh, a lot of puzzles from what I can tell. I don't know if they're implementing portal technology. If they do, then that'll just make this mod so much better. But uh, there are, I think there are kind of break periods where you have to solve a puzzle, and then you solve said puzzle and you continue through the mod, you know, fight some uh, mummies and and bash some heads in, and then you get to another puzzle part, or maybe even doing it simultaneously. They're concentrating on both aspects of it, which is next. Okay, sounds good. Anyway, our next little bit is uh, 1187 for Half-Life 2 uh, released another demo, their Christmas demo. And uh, this was interesting. I played through this. There's, uh, I think there's three maps. Yeah, three maps in the demo, and they really don't have much to do with each other, but it gives you an idea on how professional this team is and uh, how they're working on creating something extremely nice with a lot of custom content. Uh, a lot of custom textures. It was it was fun. I had I had a good time playing this demo. If if you don't want the mod ruined for you, maybe you should steer clear of it. But uh, not because there's any plot structure ruined. But uh, I mean the maps are there, and clearly they're going to use those maps in the actual ma- uh, mod. But I had fun playing it. Philip, did you get to play the, the uh, demo too? No. I- I didn't play this one. I played the previous one, and I I really didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, maybe I didn't uh, get to where I was supposed to get to, but I just didn't sort of like that the feel of this sort of apartment block and then this open area. And I mean, I'm very specialised in my likes and dislikes. I like Half-Life mods based on the Half-Life universe, and I know that this one is supposed to, but I didn't have that feeling about it. So I haven't played the second one yet. I probably will because I'm curious, but if it's the same as the first one, I hope I hope not. Um, just to let you know, the second map is a Christmas map made specifically for the demo. But it brings us back to the question that we keep asking. Why, the, why are they releasing this? What is the reason for, for this? Is it to hype the release? Is it that close? Is it to demonstrate particular gameplay features? I think that they've made a mistake in releasing something here because I, I don't understand the reason. And I should understand because I'm one of the people that they're trying to sell it to. Yeah, um, one thing, uh, actually a couple things. There are two demos. The first demo includes the apartment building. For anybody who's played the first demo, it includes the apartment building. And the second demo includes that apartment building, plus two other levels. Um, one is kind of like an under uh, an underground complex where you have to almost invade it and uh, take take it over. And uh, the, the third map is the Christmas level. And it begs the question, if they're not going to use the Christmas level in their mod, or or at least that area, why are they putting the the amount of time and effort into this? Because this is a this is actually a pretty nice map. This Christmas map, you can tell 
Um, a lot of effort went into it. It looks nice. It is very visually appealing. But if they're not going to use it later on, I mean, what's the point? So Maybe I it was know. an old map, some a practice map that someone was working on, or that someone just joined the team and, and had this map laying around? Yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, it just says the second map is a Christmas map made for this demo. So, I mean, is there... Uh, it's made for gameplay only, so I hope people will have a good time on there. Uh, the last map is a dev map turned into a bonus map. I mean, are there any new gameplay features that they're demonstrating? What is it that you've got from playing this map? Have you got any extra excitement about the release or any extra anticipation? Have you learned something about the mod? Sorry to sound so negative, but the time we were talking about this earlier, you know, hunkering down and spending time on development, maybe instead of releasing this, they could have got a bit further with the development. Yeah, no, I... yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, but I mean, at the very least, the, anyone who who worked on the map definitely learned something about, about level design, or maybe just you know it was just a practice exercise for them. And at the same time, you gotta realize these aren't uh, you know commercial ventures, and so not everyone's gonna be uh, uh, structure their pipeline in that same way. But uh, I mean, at, at the very least, it is still level design, and it is pertaining to the mod that they're developing, and they're kind of like honing their skills. So, I mean, something like a Christmas map, you know, I, I can see let slip. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a hobby that they're doing, that they're like working on. Um, so, I, the problem I have is more with PR releases that are kind of like you know videos that they put together. Um, I'll just go out and call out, call out projects, but there was a project called uh, Gray Shot. Uh, that was for Half-Life. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it or if you covered it at all. But uh, it was for the Source Engine, and they would do, like, weekly podcast videos or talking about the development. They did a whole bunch of, like, mock-up videos of, like, just kind of, like, animatics or, like, concept art that was kind of just slightly animated. They did a whole bunch of, like, videos that were kind of, like, uh, mocked up, kind of like uh, Cloverfield style with, like, secret, uh, you know, secret conversations and... Uh, static video and uh it's like they spent a lot of time on that stuff it's like but where's the mod you're talking about how great this mod is going to be in kind of developing the atmosphere but where's the mod um stuff like that uh, something like a christmas level i think you know it, even if it's just like something that they won't use in the final product could still serve as an exercise or practice for the mappers that are involved with the with making the content and the, the end result is only that that the other levels, the future levels that they make will be better than what they've made before. Just my opinion. No, 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 and you're right. I mean, you know, they need to they need to work on their skills and, um, you know, get better and find out what works and what doesn't work. But maybe they just shouldn't call it a demo then. Maybe it should be, you know, just a separate release. But Because in my mind, if they're calling it a demo, then they're demonstrating what this mod is going to be like. But I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's good that they do things. Yeah, you yeah. both have... You both have really good points. Like, if, if it's a practice map, and if it's just something to release, then why not release it on, say, Interlopers, or the whole Half-Life, or FPS Banana, as just, like, a single-player map? Because the Christmas map has nothing to do with 1187. In fact, the Christmas map is you running around um, a nice, a, a beautiful area. Don't get me wrong, but there's no enemies, there's no gameplay to it. Um, there's a guy who follows you around, and he's like, Merry Christmas! It's kind of like... A lost puppy, almost, and uh, I I was really struggling to find out if there was anything extra to it, and there wasn't. But uh, I see what you're both saying, and I I I agree with both of you. You're so diplomatic, <laughs> William. <Yeah. laughs> 
so anyway, um, if you're an 1187 fan, check it out. If you haven't checked out the first demo, though, uh, picking up the second demo, uh, I would suggest. Because the apartment complex, I know you hated it, Philip, but uh, all, although if you don't want to ruin it for yourself, don't play it. But uh, the apartment complex gives you a good idea of what's what's happening in the mod. Uh, there's these aliens that are coming down, um, and you're trapped in the middle of it. You can see some of their uh, their mapping skills almost. But anyway, enough about that. Um, I wanted to talk about Varian. They released, I think, 0.5 beta. Numbers get lower and lower each time I check. Um, Varian is a deathmatch mod that they redefined deathmatch, and they added, like, gravity and jump pads and stuff. But this mod, I hate to say it, and I hate to be so negative, but this is a perfect example of, of a mod team that works so hard and creates so many different things, but achieves nothing. There is nothing special about this mod, but everything has changed. Like, they redid the, the, all the maps... They have custom weapons, they have custom splash screens, custom sounds, but there's nothing new. That's, those are all new things, but there's no new gameplay mechanics. There's nothing new that would take me or other people away from uh, from other mods. And it's a shame, because they're working so hard on this, and I feel bad. I feel really bad. Anyway. This comes back to what um, Ryan was saying earlier um, about one of the other mods. I mean, what these people need is they need the USP, and the USP is the unique selling point. What is it that makes my mod or our mod or this mod different from somebody else's? Uh, and a lot of teams don't have that. And if you have that USP, you can then start to promote it, and then you can then start to focus on it. And like like some other mods we've mentioned today, they're just they're just groups of people making something, but they're not really focused enough on knowing what they want. And of course, maybe they're quite young or they're quite new to this, and they have to go through this process. But this uh, mod is perhaps a perfect example of that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I didn't want to touch too much upon it, but it it needs some work. And they they really need to ask themselves, as you said, is uh, what 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 is our goal? And it seems like that's what a lot of people are saying in the mod DB comments. Is it's good, you guys have a good direction, but uh, you really need to ask yourself what's what's the goal you're trying to achieve, and uh, how are you going to make yourself different? So keep your eye on Varian. Um, I mean, they obviously have some clear idea in mind, but it's it's not quite there yet. Anyway. Continuing on, there's some mentions for this week that uh, I kind of want to tell people to steer clear of in case they are wondering to play it. Um, the the number one the, the the first thing is the zombie co-op level one demo. There's a mod called zombie co-op out there, and uh, I just turned this off as soon as I turned it on, so I don't have much to say about it. But uh, it seems like there's a first-level demo where you have to fight these zombies, and there's AI players, but they don't follow you effort. Like, there's so many bugs wrong with this. Stay away from it. Um, wait till they have the game out, or wait till we talk about it again. And the second piece is the Nightmare Project has died, and uh, they released a sort of what they had done... And it's kind of amazing because they had nothing done, uh, and it's this has been a mod for as long as I can, re or as for I don't know a couple months now, and uh, yeah, there's nothing here to look at. So don't waste your time with the huge download. I thought there's going to be tons, judging by the size of the download, but there isn't. So it's a shame. 
See you later, Nightmare Project. See, this is this is why um, why uh, people with bandwidth caps will listen to this podcast because if you're giving out this kind of information, they'll know that they shouldn't waste their bandwidth on these type of things. Right, exactly. And our last bit of news before we get into the listener question of the week um, is the 2008 ModDB Mod of the Year Awards. Stenchy, tell us about this. The Mod of the Year Awards. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. It's a little bit later this year uh, just because we've kind of moved it to the beginning of the year so you can kind of look at the last year as a whole instead of kind of the big Christmas rush um, which, which, which still did happen. A lot of mods released around christmas um but uh yeah we've moved it to january 2nd is a new start date so uh january 2nd you'll be able to vote and nominate your mods that you think should make the top 100 and then uh i think it's on the 15th or or something to that effect later on in the month you'll be able to vote on the the uh, on the top 100 to see which makes the the uh top top uh top 10 and top 5 for unreleased and then we'll be giving out the awards and prizes at uh can't remember now mid-february you got a lot of contests going on there's like a, a far cry 2 contest as well so it's kind of like all jumbled up in my head but uh yeah a lot of a lot of mod teams are excited about it who do you think's gonna win who do you think's gonna take the prizes who do i i can't say anything if it, in any official capacity that's just that's just gonna people are gonna think I'm playing favorites and oh man <laughs> this, this is mod of the year man you're talking about some serious business. <laughs> you can't say your favorites. personal favorite. I mean I mean I think I've already mentioned some of my favorites during this podcast, but uh, at the same time like uh, there's a lot of mods out there that I don't know about that you know kind of deserve the recognition. There's a lot of mods that um that kind of haven't been covered on ModDB but yet are still on there. And they deserve some more recognition. Um, I know there's, you know, there's again the homeworld communities, the, the the kind of the free space, the freelancer communities, a lot of mod communities that have a home on ModDB, but don't really get make it into the headlines. So I'm hoping, you know, uh, this year's a, a year that a lot of those mod communities kind of come out and and do their promotion and and get recognized with nominations and votes, um, like they have in past years. Uh, also, you know. One of the main things that we've done uh, since I started is, you know, the headlines and kind of getting out there and doing more developer interviews and kind of features on more mods. So I think um, I, my hope is that, you know, there's a more varied selection of mods that are nominated for the top 100. So, you know, people don't just think about the mods that are released around now or just released at Christmas. They think about mods that released, uh, you know, earlier in the year. Um so so stuff like Age of Chivalry and and some of the great indie games that were released on ModDB, kind of like uh like Celestial Impact. If anyone played that, that was a pretty good one. Um, and yeah, some of the earlier mods, like uh, there was a great mod Delta Sector for Far Cry, amazing mod. But you know, I think uh, a, a lot of people it would have slipped their mind by now. Um, so yeah, just look at the whole year, not just fourth quarter of 2008. Yeah, I find the Mod of the Year awards do two things for me. Um, one thing is it resurfaces old mods that I tended to forget about earlier on in the year, um, which is always interesting. And the second thing is it, is it gives me a glimpse into other games that I don't play. And most notably is, uh, you know, the, 
Quake and uh, Unreal Tournament games. Um, I never really got into Unreal Tournament, but every year, the Mod of the Year Awards make me want to play Unreal Tournament because I take a look at all the mods coming out for UT, and I'm just like, wow, I'm really missing out on this sort of stuff. And it kind of opens my eyes up. You are, you are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, ModDB is huge, and it's just growing, um, you know, every year. And there's a lot of content that gets released that, you know, even the staff, a lot of the staff will miss, either because, A, they don't have the game, or, B, it's just, you know, we have so many people authing stuff, and it's just, like, this mass of, like, files and news that hits you in the face, and, you know, sooner or later, I mean, you can't possibly cover every game and every mod. So it's nice that, you know, we have other sites like, like Planet Phillip and Podcast 17 that cover um, more specialized stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, ModDB is a place where they can get recognized for their efforts. Excuse my ignorance, but do you have a category for single developers? I'm, I'm not talking about single player maps here. I'm curious whether... Oh, uh, there's Philip chiming in, fighting, fighting for the, the lowly single player mod developers. No, no, not single players, but just developers on their own who've built something on their own, like the best mod of the year built by one person. Do you have anything like that? Oh, oh okay. Um, no, we don't. Nothing for, like, one-man mod teams. Um, just because that kind of thing is kind of harder to categorize. Uh, just because, I mean, you look at a mod profile and we don't have an option to take off. It's like, are you a one-man mod team? Um, <laughs> so just that kind of yeah. thing is harder to, to nail down. I mean, one person could say it's just me, but he's got like 50 buddies all working in his, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's got like a little sweatshop going. Yeah, I mean, that's hard, (laughs) but I was just just curious whether, you know, there was... I can just imagine, I'm going to get this year single mod if it takes me 50 (laughs) people. (laughs) Next thing you know, it's like Black Mesa was brought to you by one person. Maybe what you could do is you could have uh, a mod made in two weeks or something and, you know... Uh, they have to make it within two weeks, and then this is it, and you get entries for that, and the best mod made within maybe one month or something. I don't know. You know, they do that. Well, that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of a a nice goal to shoot for. We've kind of been working, we're slowly working our way up there in terms of complexity with the contests and stuff. I mean, we have the Far Cry 2 level design contest right now, which is like, you know, a really easy-to-use level design uh, level editor, and you can submit your maps that way. I mean... Making a mod, there's so many things that have to go into it, and you know, it takes a lot of time to do it. But um, running a contest for that, I mean, the complexity there is just just compounded by that. So uh, eventually, we want to get to that point where we're running contests for you know the best mod made in one month or three months or whatever. Because I mean, you see a lot of these prototypes for mods that are made, like Project Valkyrie was made within three months. So, I mean, you can get some pretty decent thing, decent stuff out for from dedicated teams. So, a contest like that would be really cool. Yeah, you see that in uh, film a lot where, you know, you'll have like a 24-hour flick fest. We have that here in Oh, Vincent. yeah, those are pretty cool. And I was a part of com- some of those. Uh, like, I've done it for the past four years, and a lot of people come together. I wouldn't expect to come together. Um, a lot of people who actually hate each other and i think the same would happen in the half-life community um you get a lot of people just desperate saying we gotta make this mod in a month so we we have to combine forces and work together and i think you'd see some really really cool stuff i i would very much enjoy something like that definitely and i think it would cut out a lot of the the politics behind some of the mod teams and you know just come together get it done you know and and work on the mod rather than than uh the 
inter-team politics and PR and, and all that other stuff just cuts out all that crap. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so that's the 2008 Model of the Year Awards. Um, like you said, it's going to be... Uh, voting is going on right now, and... Uh, no, it's not, nominate, not right now. Uh, nominate, January, sorry. January 2nd. January 2nd, you can start nominations. Oh, you start nominations January 2nd. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So on January 2nd, nominate your mods. That's right. We'll build one take a look at now the and whole then. of 2008. Not just the fourth quarter. Everything. Philip, you and I... You and I should start. Uh, you should make a mod profile for a mod called Podcast Seventeen, and it should just be a picture of us doing a thumbs up, and we'll nominate ourselves for 2008 Mod of the Year. No, a picture of us standing around a, a hot dog cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, seriously, I love that idea. I'm good. We should just hotdogcake.com. and we should start a mod based on a whole idea. It could be huge, man. It could be huge. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. All right, this week we have a listener. We have a listener question again. We're getting listener questions. This is great and awesome and fun. I love listener questions. Like I said, we will play anything, so long as it's in good taste. If you have a listener question, you can use our simple and easy feature on each podcast entry. Um, you can just post what's called an audio comment, and you record your audio comment. You go ahead and say what you got to say, and we'll play it, which is what we're going to play right now. So I'm going to play the listener question, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Guys, I was just wondering if you've ever checked out SMOD Tactical. I have uh, only been listening to you guys for about uh, the last three podcasts, but... And I have went back and looked. Went back and looked. So I was just wondering, but uh, thank. Well, thank you, Static, for the question. And uh, personally, I definitely follow SMod Tactical, and I am actually downloading it right now. But we were talking about this before the show. And uh, Ryan, you had a few things to say about SMod Tactical. You've played it actually before. Yeah, I have played it. Uh, like maybe not the latest version, but uh, previous versions of it. And it's you know it's very meaty mod. I like I like the feel behind S mod tactical just because it's uh, you know it's it's very visceral and everything. I mean it's got like if you do the type of the cheats into the console, you can do like uh, bullet time and stuff like that, and that looks fantastic. But more than that, like the models and animations, and uh, you know the kind of like the the particle effects are all very. Um, very meaty. Like the models are big. Like you, you, you get the feeling from the guns that they're not just toys. They're not just like every other gun. Like this is a weapon made for killing. And I don't know. There's something about the hand models. They just look so much bigger and and meatier. It's like you're you're a big burly guy with this with this weapon of death. And uh, and and when you shoot it, like you know, it 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 decimates people. So I I just like S mod tactical for that. It was very visceral in that way. It looks interesting. I am, like I said, I'm downloading it now. I'm, I'm excited to play it after the podcast, actually, and uh, I, sh- I should have some fun. Actually, tell us what it is, because I always thought um, S mod. I always thought it's like we've talked about it before. And I thought it stood for single player mod, and I thought what the S mod mods were, where they would take Half Life and they'd recreate it um, using like whatever genre they want. So in this one, it would be like a tactical version of. Half-Life single-player, but it doesn't look like that's what it is. So tell us what S-Mod is and why, what the whole S-Mod franchise is, because I know there's a whole bunch of different well, S-Mod mods. S-Mod, like the original S-Mod, 
I believe, is just kind of like a framework um, that a lot of other people have built their mods on. And it's coded in such a way that they, you know, people can easily tweak certain things and uh, make their own mod out of it. So that's why you have like SMOD Tactical. This is the tactical version of built on the SMOD framework or whatever that somebody else made. And there's SMOD, um, there's a whole bunch of mods that are just like SMOD. There's like SMOD Crisis, which is like, oh, let's, you know, recreate Crisis in Half-Life 2 engine. And, um, and SMOD Tactical, at first it was just like that, the Half-Life 2 single player campaign, uh, just redone so that, you know, um, AI is, is more accurate and, you know, it does more damage, you know, one shot, one kill type thing. And, uh, just kind of redid the iron sights and the depth of field effects and stuff like that and made it a lot more tactical. But I think since then they've added in a lot of custom maps, custom weapons and stuff like that. Um, that you can play through. So you have like these scenarios that you can play through that are more tuned to the tactical combat and the tactical way the mod plays out. I played uh, what I thought was the original S mod, and it included a bunch of new weapons and effects. I mean, you could throw um, uh, PSPs around, and there was like a some kind of wand, and then there was like banana. I think you could throw bananas maybe through the rocket launcher. And you're right, I think it was just a framework that uh, added some new things and you could play the whole Half-Life um, campaign but with different weapons and maybe some different effects I think there was more blood as well and you know stuff like that yeah so everything that's built around S-Mod is kind of just more tweaked um, S-Mod stuff but uh, so that's what S-Mod Tactical is the original S-Mod jeez um, I forgot what I was going to say well, it's okay. I mean, it's it's obviously evolved over the past couple of iterations. It's come a long way. And I know there's a sort of amount of political um, debate and uh, hatred between other S-Mods within themselves, saying, well, who owns the property of S-Mod, and do you need permission to use, you know, models from one S-Mod to the other S-Mod? It's rather complicated. Well, yeah, it's weird, and I remember what I was going to say now. Like, if the S-Mod framework or, or whatever, I don't know exactly the way it works, but if people want to kind of make their mod on the kind of S-Mod framework, if they want any drastic changes, they have to ask the guy who, because he didn't release the source code, he, they have to go and ask them to ask him to implement a, such and such feature so they can have it in their mod, and then he'll go out and, and write it if he has times or if he, has, if he feels like it. But... Uh, I mean, one thing that they've all asked for is like, oh, this would be so great, multiplayer, but there's apparently no way that uh, any of the S-Mods can can be uh, made into multiplayer mods. Hmm. Well, one mod that um, I really like that's been developed on top of uh, S-Mod was a mod called CSS Sci-Fi. And basically what uh, the author did here, Peter, he took some of the mods from Counter-Strike Source and he made them playable in Half-Life, of course, you have to have Counter-Strike Source, but as a single-player campaign, and he used S-Mod as the, as the basic framework for that. There's also a developer.valve uh, software section for S-Mod, which is basically talking about what it is and what it does, and it lists some of the mods, which is S-Mod Redo, Extended Edition, S-Mod Remastered, S-Mod Tactical. There's not S-Mod Crisis listed, but I'm sure there are others as well. Yeah, yeah there's a few others. Um, another thing was we mentioned Apple Tart um, the other the other a couple episodes past, and we were talking about um, how awesome the effects were in Apple Tart, 
and you know the the underwater effects and the blood sprays and everything and then somebody on the podcast um i think it was through the comments um mentioned that that was actually taken from s mod and they did not actually have permission to take those effects without putting the s mod title on the mod so i found that rather interesting um i didn't know that that's where they got those effects from yeah, I'm just reading the uh, the developer page now, and it says you do not need to write. Uh, you do sorry, you do not need to include S mod in your mod name. Oh well, then there you go. That's the answer. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting to follow. I, these, I think that's these the way it used to be. Uh, if you wanted to use his code, or if you wanted him to implement uh, extra features for you, you had to have S mod in the title, and that's kind of how it was before. They might he might have changed it. Well, I'll definitely download a whole bunch of S-Mod stuff. I mean, I never got into it, because I thought exactly, I thought it was a remake. All S-Mods were remakes of Half-Life 1. And I always said to myself, well, I mean, I can take a look at those screenshots, so there's some pretty cool weapons, there's there's mu- not much more than that. But from what you guys say, and I've been looking at S-Mod Crisis, and I was like, this is definitely not Half-Life 2. Um, this is Crisis <laughs> in the Source Engine. So uh, my whole concept yeah. of S-Mod changed. Yeah, well, I mean... It does implement a lot of, and a lot of it is just effects based, and it's just you know uh, a lot of uh, you know more eye candy to look at. But I mean, S Mod Tactical is one of those mods that will totally make you play Half Life Two in a, in an entirely different way, just because the enemies are so lethal. So you can't just go out there and run and gun. You have to lean around corners and you know take your time. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Anyway, um, I think that's it for the show. Um, we have no interview today. But we will have an interview next week, uh, for sure. It might be with Neo Tokyo, or it might be with somebody else. <laughs> Can't say quite for sure. But uh, remember to keep sending in your listener audio questions. Uh, you can post, obviously, in the comments of every podcast that we post on podcast17.com. You can always email us at feedback at podcast17.com. If you have any bit of news that you would like us to talk about, uh, feel free to email us there. And, of course, any comments, concerns, if you want to complain about Philip or myself, you can do that as well. Or even complain about Ryan. Uh, we'll be sure to forward those emails off to him. Yes, everybody complain about me. Feel free. <laughs> I don't give a head crab if anybody wants to complain about me. These are my opinions, and if you don't like them, you can go and frag yourself. <laughs> <laughs> quickly, quickly heading off any discussion there. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I'd like to thank Philip and Ryan Thanks. for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Hope you have a, a safe, happy, uh, happy new year. Thank you. Uh, it was a joy being on here. I'll, you know, if you guys will have me back, I'll, I'll be on. And uh, it was a really good chat, chatting with uh, both William and Philip. And uh, don't forget about the Mod of the Year 2008 awards starting January 2nd. Both definitely. Shameless plug. <laughs> and we will see you in the new year. 